Life Audio. Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I am your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to touch on the topic of the philosophy of ministry. The philosophy of ministry. And after a word from our sponsors, we'll get started on the topic today. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Ministry is a very important aspect of our Christian existence. The truth is, God could have saved us and then immediately raptured us up, but he didn't do it that way. God saves us, and he leaves us here on earth for a specific purpose, and that purpose involves our contribution to kingdom building. So until Jesus comes back, he wants us to work. He wants us to be involved. He wants us to have an intimate relationship with him through obedience by doing what he's commanded us to do. And in many cases, we see churches all around the nation, all around the various states, globally, that are suffering from apathy. They're suffering from a misunderstanding of what it means to be a Christian. They are those who believe it is sufficient to just be on the church's role and not participate. They are those who believe in this pseudo-Christianity that says, I'm a Christian, but I'm going to leave all of the kingdom-building work to the pastors and the elders. And this is not 
a biblical view of things. This is not the way that God designed it. This is not what Christ talked about when he says, uh, follow me uh, and bear your cross. This is not what Jesus had in mind. This new modern Christianity looks very different than the framework that God has already given us as it relates to being a disciple, as it relates to being a burden bearer, as it relates to having a heart for the laws, as it relates to missions, as it relates to evangelism, as it relates to discipleship, as it relates to intercession. This modern Christianity is too often similar to the spectator sports where we just watch other people do. Many churchgoers are comfortable with being entertained. Uh, They struggle with being a true disciple. And unfortunately, many churches have made it convenient for church members to not participate. But this is not what God had in mind. It is God's desire that everyone participates. It's his desire that everybody becomes involved in ministry. It is his desire that every child of God utilizes his or her gifts from kingdom building. It is his desire that we fully understand that we are a royal priesthood, that we see ourselves in a sacred light. It's God's desire that every born-again believer fully understand what they've been called to do. That's the will of God. The will of God is not for you to punt your responsibilities to someone else. The church has much work to do, and we can't do it or be as, as effective as we need to be when the rest of the body is not active. So if you're listening to this episode and you are not active in your local church, you ought to be active. If you're not under the leadership of, uh, of an under-shepherd who God has called to that local church to teach sound doctrine, you ought to be. God did not call us just to earn big paychecks. God did not save us just to gather a whole bunch of material things and then um, be called to heaven. God did not save us to become stewards of everything else except things that are holy. God called us to teach. God called us to preach. God called us to serve. God called us to intercede. God called us to evangelize until he comes back. So God desires to use all of us as representatives, not just at church. God wants us to be holy outside of church. God wants us to share uh, his principles with the family members. He wants us to share the principles of his gospel with strangers. He wants us to share the principles of his words with our children and Uh, uh, grandchildren and great-grands. God wants us to share the gospel wherever he places us. If you uh, have a job that you love, if you have a job 
uh, where you're being promoted. You, ha- you have a job that allows you to be in a position of influence. God did not give you that job just to take care of your family. That's only part of it. Your primary reason for you being where you are is for kingdom building. That is the primary. For the believer, God has called all of us to be spiritually attractive. God has called me to be spiritually attractive. He's called you to be spiritually attractive. God wants our finances to align with our spirituality. God is calling on all of us. And in order to fulfill the mandate that God has given us, we must have a philosophical perspective that matches that of Jesus Christ. So when we look at the doctrine of ministry or the philosophy of ministry, I'm dealing with our mentality or attitude towards ministry. Do you see ministry as just something that your pastor alone is supposed to do? Do you see uh, ministry as uh, a task relegated to a faithful few? If you can feel comfortable watching other people do ministry while you just uh, donate money to the church, then you've missed the mark. It's not about your donation. It's not about your cash apps and your Venmos and your PayPal and your uh, cash money. It's not about that. God can take care of us without the money. For he is full sufficiency. You can have money and still not know Jesus. You can have money and still uh, not have joy. You can... have money and still not have peace. You can have money and still not be able to sleep at night. So God doesn't need our money. He, he wants us. God wants your faculties. God wants your mind. God wants your heart. God wants your emotions. He wants your uh, 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 cerebral uh, processes. God wants you. And he wants you to think a certain way. So in order to help with that, Today's episode, I wanted to offer an acronym. I wanted to offer an acronym. For the believer, the philosophy of ministry deals with these points. The acronym is SERVE. S-E-R-V-E. SERVE. S-E-R-V-E. And the S stands for sacrifice. As a believer, I must be willing to sacrifice. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2 says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in views of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice that is holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let us take a break to recognize our sponsors, and we'll be right back. So your mind has to be renewed in order for you to become a living sacrifice. 
Our minds have to be renewed. We, we have to think holy. We have to uh, look at holy things. We have to read holy things. And if holy things are on our minds, then we are compelled ultimately to look into our responsibilities as a living sacrifice versus a dead sacrifice. This phrase, living sacrifice, is a spinoff of the Old Testament understanding of sacrifices. Offering up to God in the Old Testament the perfect and unblemished sacrifice, the animal. That's unblemished. God uh, welcomed those type of sacrifices. And in this case, God is not talking about accepting dead sacrifices. God wants a living sacrifice. And that is us. He wants us to have him on our minds when we get up early in the morning. He wants us to devote time to him. God wants us to talk with him through prayer and then be able to understand what his desire is for our lives. God wants us to seek him in all things. He, some of us are seeking directions on things. God welcomes that. Some of us are dealing with uh, physical challenges. Uh, we're dealing with ailments. Some of us are dealing with issues that are, are chronically repetitive, and God wants us to talk to him about it. Some of us have trepidation. Some of us are, um, are dealing with low self-esteem. Some of us are dealing with mental health challenges. Some of us are dealing with uh, family issues. God welcomes it. Transform yourself by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that good and the perfect will of God. God wants you to be a sacrifice. And sacrifice means sacrifice of your time. There are times where, um, to be honest with you, I don't feel like uh, doing ministry work, but it's not based on my feelings. It's based on my covenant with Jesus Christ. There are times where, Uh, Part of me wants to quit. But again, it's not based on my feelings. It's based on my covenant with Jesus Christ. There are times where I have to sacrifice family time in order to go out and do ministry. There are times where I just want some peace to myself and uh, not deal with anyone. But sometimes God calls me during those moments and say, even though you feel like being by yourself, I'm not going to allow you to be by yourself. I have a job for you to do in that moment. I gave this testimony in my class last week where a few years ago, um, I was watching television during Super Bowl time. And the game was awesome. It's going back and forth. And it was during that time I received a phone call. One of our parishioners was uh, in the hospital, and they needed someone to visit uh, that individual. And I got the phone call, and I wrestled with it because I was comfortable, and I wanted to watch the Super Bowl. But duty calls. Duty calls. And I heard the Holy Spirit says, you need to go. You need to get up, go, and minister. And I did exactly that. It was miles, miles away from my house. But when I got there, I realized what God was trying to do. 
me being there was a blessing to that patient, to that parishioner, and it changed their tra- uh, trajectory as it relates to uh, their emotional uh, well-being and their spiritual well-being. So we never know why God calls us at a certain time. It's a sacrifice. We never uh, sometimes don't even know why he's calling us, but God knows it's a sacrifice. So we sacrifice our time. We sacrifice our finances. We sacrifice our uh, gifts. We sacrifice the gifts of our hands. There are those of you uh, who are handy, those of you who can build things. And uh, you've built things to earn money in the past. And God is calling on you sometimes to build things and not ask for any money. It's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to put your, uh, your money together or God's money together and go to school. It's a sacrifice uh, to come up with the money to pay for tuition. If you want to go to Bible study, if you want to go to seminary, uh, wherever you want to go, a regular university, junior college, it's a sacrifice. So when we sacrifice for God, there's nothing better than that. God wants us to sacrifice for him. We sacrifice our attitude. We sacrifice our isms, our, our racisms, and our humanism, and our sexism, and our uh, genderisms. God wants us to sacrifice for the things that are holy. And following Jesus Christ requires a sacrifice. There are people that we can't run with anymore, people that we can't talk to anymore, because when we are in these individual surroundings, when, they, when we are in their uh, uh, atmosphere, when we are around these people, they tend to corrupt us. So God is keeping you away so you can continue to grow and continue to sacrifice for him. There are shows that you used to look at, but they're not wholesome. They're not uh, righteous. And because you love Jesus, you don't watch them anymore. There are things you used to read uh, that are unacceptable. They, they corrupted your mind and corrupted your thoughts, things that you were reading. And you put those away. You sacrificed it for Jesus. You, you've thrown them away because you want to follow Jesus and you don't want any distractions. You don't want anything to entangle you because we love Jesus. We've sacrificed There are relationships that we've had to break off because that individual uh, was not helping us to draw closer to God. It's a sacrifice. But in all the sacrifices, remember this, God will bless you. God will uh, uh, reward you for your faithfulness. In uh, uh, In the outcome, at the end of the story, God is going to say, well done thy good and faithful servant. So sacrifice, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And then Luke 9, 23 also gives us a different perspective as it relates to sacrifice. It says, then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. That's a sacrifice. If you want to follow Jesus, you have to deny yourself, meaning the things that you enjoy doing, that's not wholesome. The things that you used to do, uh, that's not in concert with the teaching of Jesus Christ. You give those up. I, you have to deny yourself. Perhaps think of it this way. And Paul always gives an illustration of, of athletics. If you are a runner, 
you're not going to help yourselves uh, or yourself by eat, eat, eating fast food every day. You have to deny yourself. And in denying yourself, you start eating healthy. You start uh, eating more things that are nutritious. You start drinking more water versus soda. So you deny yourself in order to win the race, which in human terms, you get a corruptible crown. But when you run the race for Jesus, you get an uh, incorruptible crown. So we have to deny ourselves, meaning the things that we were doing we have to give them up. We have to sacrifice for Jesus Christ's sake. We have to sacrifice. Uh, Hebrews 13 and 16. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifice is God pleased. Again, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is pleased. That's self-explanatory. Remember to do good. And don't forget to share with others, for with such sacrifice, God is pleased. So the S stands for sacrifice. And the E in the acronym serve, the E stands for equip yourself and then equip others. Equip yourself. 2 Timothy 2.15 reminds us to study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not to be ashamed, who is rightly able to divide the word of truth. So, again, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who, that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So, there are things here that God wants us to do. We have to equip ourselves. And in equipping ourselves, that means we have to study. We have to study. We have to go to Bible study. We have to uh, take notes when we hear sermons because you know you will not remember. Um, we have to start developing our own libraries, start one book at a time. Uh, Bible software is acceptable, but you have to start. You have to start being a student. You have to start investing in biblical things. And when we study, uh, we, we, it helps us unless uh, you are a professor or uh, uh, in the master class of theology where you're able to speak Greek fluently uh, you're able to speak Aramaic fluently. You're able to speak Hebrew fluently. If that's you, then perhaps you may not need any resources, but all of us need resources. Even if you're a theologian, you need resources. So since we need resources, we have to invest in things such as a Bible dictionary, such as a concordance, uh, set, such as a Hebrew and Greek lexicon. We have to start uh, investing in these things, and then we we, we have to study uh, hermeneutics, which is the science and art of biblical interpretation. There's a way to read the Bible. I've I've run into many people in my Christian walk uh, who have a love for Jesus, but they have no interest in hermeneutics. So they say, you can't have a love for Jesus and don't want to be trained. You can't have a love for Jesus and can't humble yourself enough to learn how to properly read the word of God. That's what the cults do. The cults jump into scripture and they give the interpretation, interpretation of the scripture without considering the context. So their rules for studying the scriptures is unbiblical. But for us, we have a duty to learn 
how to correctly interpret scripture. So it's our duty to study, to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman who need not blush with embarrassment, but rightly dividing the word of God. Then the R stands for relationship. Romans 12 and 10 says, love one another with brotherly affection. I'll do one another in showing honor um, in the church. Many people struggle with establishing relationship, but yet some of these same people are anxious when they see someone, uh, as an example, not wearing the clothes that they think they need to wear. They're quick to jump on them and to tell them their disapproval of what they're wearing to church. I wish I had time, but I have to move on. So the R stands for relationship. John fifteen thirteen reminds us that greater love has no one than this, than to lay down their life for a friend. Then as we move, the V stands for verify. Beloved, do not let every spirit, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit to see whether they are from God. That's 1 John 4, 1 and 3. So verify that, uh, that the text or scriptures or theological books that you're reading or even commentaries is biblical. Then lastly, the E stands for essentials, uh, doctrines of the faith. We must know the essential doctrines of the faith if we're going to be uh, involved in ministry. We have to know the major from the minor. And in the essentials, you got to know God's, about God's nature. You got to know about the doctrine of Jesus Christ. You, got, you have to know about the scriptures, uh, what the Bible teaches in regards to the scriptures. And then lastly, uh, you have to know uh, about salvation. So if you want more information on the philosophy of ministry, please email us at info at srministries.org. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Please support this ministry. You can go online, srministries.org, and remember to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister, Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at SR Ministries. Life Audio presents Bridges with Monica Schmelter. That we have an enduring hope that can't be taken away when we are in Christ. And to know that we have that, right? And eternal salvation, because this world can be so busy and so dark that we can forget that, right? Right? Because sometimes I get caught in the trappings of what's going on in my life this moment. And while I have to recognize that, that's not it. Continue listening on lifeaudio.com or wherever you find your podcast.